0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We're discussing this week the Arnold Palmer Invitational on the PGA Tour. Only one event this week. Uh, This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me is our European Tour expert, Paul Williams, and our resident podcast pundit... Barry O'Hanrahan from a good talk sport podcast. Evening, gentlemen. How are we? Evening, Steve.
1: Evening, Barry. I'm well. How are you guys? Hey Paul, hey Steve. Um, yeah, pretty good. A little bit disappointed by my pick last week, but um, you know, see what we can go, what we can do this week. We got a nice bonus in uh, the Tiger Show over the weekend, so you know, yeah, it's a, can't really always
2: fun, wasn't it? Can't
1: really always fun. be about the bets, I suppose, or at least that's what you tell yourself when yours have died. So, uh, that's the way I got my enjoyment out of the tournament. It was good last week. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating time at the moment in terms of golf, I think. A little bit of housekeeping, then we'll move into some detail. Um, golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Uh, search golf betting system, golf betting tips, something along those lines. You'll come across our website. My Twitter handle is Steve Bamford, uh, sorry, at Bamford Golf. Paul Williams at golf betting. And Barry is available at a good talk golf. Now, a Thank you to listeners, especially those on iTunes. We've now broken through the threshold in terms of iTunes reviews, a score of four and a half, which we're very, very pleased with. But I will keep saying this each and every week. If you're listening to this on, on iTunes and you would like to leave a review, we would really appreciate it. That also goes for you listening on Podbean. Any likes And uh, subscribes are most welcome. It was interesting last week. I think we had five or six subscribers on Podbean, which is the best week we've had. Keep those numbers going. It just spreads the word. And uh, clearly, the more people we have listening to this podcast, the better for all concerned. Right. I'm quickly going to ask Paul, because I know that Paul has been knee-deep in Cheltenham Festival 2018 bookmaker promotions. This morning and uh, across the weekend. Can you just highlight, I'm, clearly we're a golf betting podcast, I understand that, but I know that listeners in the UK and uh, the Republic of Ireland will be looking forward to four great days of racing across Tuesday to Friday at this, week, uh, this week's festival. What, in your mind, Paul, is the, uh, the best bookmaker promotion that you've seen so far, for this week
2: well there's, there's loads as, as you know it's so competitive um cheltenham for the for the bookies and they're all trying to get your uh, get your get your business and get get you uh, using them from the from the outset so um yeah, I've gone through a few. In fact, if you if you look at Steve's preview, or if you go to the homepage on uh, on Golf Betting System, there's a link through to the uh, the full list that I've put together. And um, there'll be more that come out between now and uh, when it all kicks off at one thirty one thirty tomorrow afternoon. So. Um, we'll keep it uh, keep it fresh as the new new yeah
0: for li- for listeners I'll put a link on under the description in Podbean as well to our Cheltenham Festival page on the uh, golf betting system that Paul's going to constantly keep updated. Well, what what
2: what what's that killer deal? Think, Bob, Paul? What yeah think? I think everyone likes to get the uh, festival off to a start and the one that really caught my eye is the uh, William Hill um, offer on the on the Supreme, which is the first race of the of the festival where. Um, they'll double double your winnings up to 100 pounds or 100 euros in cash um, if you win on the first race, um, as as you know as, as a nice little bonus to keep you ticking over. So um, that's on win or each way bets, um, and uh, yeah, wow. if you have have a result on the first race um, with your first bet that you place. Um, on that particular race, then uh, yeah, where you go, you're getting yourself a
0: withdrawable hard yeah, cash. Yeah, there's,
2: there's, there's other ones. I've li- I've listened to other ones which are as free bets and uh, you know a lesser amount, but that's that's the one that really caught my eye because uh, you know everyone likes to get off to a flying start and uh, get a nice little Brucey bonus with it as well. So
0: I, I think I'll be crediting my my William Hill count tonight mm-hmm. just to uh, just to get on board. Uh, ca- what's it called, Kafelnikov, Kashelnikov, or something? <laughs> Is that? Is, that, is, that, is it? He's, he's he's a tennis player. Yeah, isn't he, Kalashnikov.
2: Kalashnikov. I think you're thinking of. Stuart.
0: That's the one. That's the winner. You can tell that I'm really up to speed with my horse races. Yeah. He, he's the so winner. So there you go, guys. Don't what? back Kalashnikov. Yeah. Don't don't back Kalashnikov. That's the one. Right. Okay. What did we make of uh, what did we make of the two tournaments last week? I'll start with you, Barry. It, it was. Um, it was fascinating stuff in terms of Tiger last week, wasn't it?
1: Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to contain the excitement. Um, we got everything we really wanted out of a Tiger Woods performance, except him lifting the trophy at the end of the day. And and even without that, I'm not too disappointed. It's almost, I mean, we can almost suspend belief at the moment of what he's actually doing. Um, you know, the swing speeds all parts of the game look in pretty good nick and even when he's i think the thing that's impressing me the most about him is his recovery shots um yeah. it's, it's just showing imagination you know control of the golf ball he's you know it's a uh, it's really impressive it's like something out of a movie what we're watching like by all rights he should not be doing what he's doing right now and uh it's, it's just so, so much fun. And it seems like the whole sports world are getting involved with it. You know, I heard the TV ratings were some of the best ever for a Saturday or in the last 10 years or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's just really exciting having him around. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Paul Casey putting in a worldie of a round yesterday, you know, Tiger Woods could have a, could have his 80th PGA Tour uh, win. So it's um it's amazing how... Do you think there's? Do you think there's still that aura there, Barry? Because
0: clearly, you know, on on some, you know, yesterday, he's playing with Brand Schnedeker, who desperately needs a result to get into the, you know, into the world match play. You know, if he won the tournament, he's going to be uh, uh, at the Masters, which at the moment he's outside. And Schnedeker absolutely fell apart. Now, do do you think that was purely the, you know, the pressure in general got the Schnedeker, or is there that aura that you know I'm playing with Woods? We're going, you know, we're we're fighting it out for a tournament again, and it's all becoming a bit of a nightmare
1: for these guys. Because Snedeker was around when Tiger was in his pond. Yeah, and, and it's not like the Tiger that we saw, say, before Christmas, who was, you know, popping sw- swapping no, no, bogeys no, no, no. for birdies. This, mm. you get the feeling that there's just it. It's at that Tiger level that everybody remembers, or. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's the the copperhead course at in Innsbruck is by no means a pushover and can easily whip somebody around like it did to Snetica yesterday. But you know, there's, nobody's had this you know Tiger in fine fettle feeling to come up against him for the last few years. So it's um, it's almost like a, a refreshing of a memory, but a bad memory for these guys because they have to go up against the greatest golfer ever. Yeah, uh, really, it's yeah. it's really exciting and just it's almost like we're kinda of holding our breath, just saying, please let it last.
0: We were all concerned, weren't we, about the scrambling game and his driving accuracy when he when he came came back to the tour this year. But the scrambling is top notch. And I noticed last week at Copperhead, all of a sudden the, the driving's becoming a hell of a lot more accurate as well. The ball striking. He's been top ten in ball striking in the last two events on two particularly nasty golf courses.
1: It's uh, it's really exciting. I mean, look, Phil, Phil winning a couple of weeks ago, Tiger playing like he is now, Augusta just around the corner. You know, it seems like the, the elder generation is just kind of putting their stamp on the tour at the moment, and it's kind of exciting. And you know, I almost wonder, are the is this the kind of thing that will motivate the younger guys to really get themselves into good shape heading to, heading to Augusta now in three weeks' time?
2: Guys, look, there's a lot of players who fancy their chances at Augusta, isn't it? You know, there's so many that have uh, either got decent form around there in the past, or have shown, you know, the, the kind of game that you'd expect to fit to Augusta, and then have started to come to come to life over the last few weeks. It's going to be a, a right old shootout, and uh, was it just three weeks? Three weeks we we
0: know who wins, or we know who wins at Augusta, don't we, Paul? We know. <laughs> he's, he's playing this week, and it isn't Tiger.
2: <laughs> you got your crystal ball out.
1: Yeah, okay. we know we know who's winning. Is so long as he stays away from slippery staircases? <laughs> no, 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 it's not that individual either. I, It's it's fun. No it's quite funny, you know. Two two guys who you'd fancy quite a lot for Augusta are a little bit off the uh, boil at the moment. Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. it yeah. yep. You know, it'd be be very interesting to see what they do. You know, over the next couple of weeks, um, to mm. to just show any hints of something that. You know and give them a bit of confidence going into Augusta. You don't want to be going into Augusta, you know with doubts about your game.
0: No. You sometimes see this with players, don't you? You know, we've we've been discussing since the turn of the year the fact that Jordan Speith has got a new putting stroke. It's quite a detailed change. He keeps talking about it in interviews and he's struggling with his putting. but his ball striking up until like the last appearance had been good. And then all of a sudden, that fell apart last week as well. And you just you know, he's in he's in a lot of trouble, Jordan. And I I, I, I I and you can say exactly the same thing for Rory. So, you know, you've got two there at the head of the market who are struggling. But then you've got the likes of Phil on a charge, you've got Jason Day playing some great golf, Woods is getting back towards his pomp. Bubba Watson's a winner this year. You know, so, uh, Justin Rose is playing superb golf. Sergio, you know, he finished well last night, didn't he? Um, you know, he's he's hitting the ball very, very cleanly for a defending. The, champion. The, the, there's a lot with big chances. A lot with big the, chances. There's not
2: many players out there who are striking the ball as well as Sergio is at the moment. It's um, mm. it's an intriguing, intriguing tournament that we're going to have in a few weeks' time because there, there are so many people you could make a case for. And these guys...
0: And Justin, Tom- Justin Thomas, of course, who's playing some of the best golf that we've seen. We haven't
2: even talked about John Rahm. I, ain't... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's that, crazy. And
2: that, that guy could win the Masters. There's absolutely no two ways about it. Ricky Fowler. Mm. You know, it's, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a right old, uh, right old conundrum to try and unravel in, the, in a few weeks. But, uh... we- we also
0: need to highlight for listeners your, um, your excellent effort last week at the Indian Open as well Paul you've got clearly uh, beef got into a playoff at 33 to one for you I was out on my bike actually and I was constantly updating my phone praying that he would win he got so
2: close um, he, he played so well on that final day and um, you know actually for the, for the full four days he, he was really good I, I, go, I go back to he made a double on his final hole on Thursday. Um, trying to get a little bit too cute with a shot, um, just just a little, uh, just a little wedge shot into the into the green, um, from the semi. And um, you know, you take that away, he wins the tournament. Um, mm. Six under final round, bogey three around that track, um, that's no mean feat. And uh, you know, whilst he put a brave face on it at the end, um, he was disappointed, and so he should be because he played well enough to win that tournament. I, you can't take it away from Matt Matt Wallace because uh, you know he went out in the playoff. Um, he played, you know, an incredible shot at the right time um, to get himself well, ten, twelve, fifteen feet wherever he was from the from the pin in two on a on a par five and uh, got the job done. But uh, yeah, beef played well. Uh, dis- disappointing. If he'd, if he'd have thrown it away, as I said to you before. If you know, if you have a player who's in a great position and um, and, they, and they collapse on the final day or final few holes, it's Very, very frustrating. And Beef didn't do that. You know, he he put himself in a position to be able to win that tournament um, from a few shots back as well. You bear in mind, people like Grillo earlier on in the tournament had got himself into a five, six shot lead. He was miles ahead, and you know these players have got to to get their head into a right space where they can uh, they, they can continue to plod away and pick up shots here and there on a very tricky track. Um, and he did that all the way through the week I, I'm very impressed with him um, shame he didn't win um, absolutely but uh, yeah two, two questions where do you see Matt
0: Wallace heading
2: in 2018
0: I know we were talking a lot about Jordan Smith being a, a big figure this uh, this season in terms of his development he's he's flattered to deceive so far I know we're only in March where do you where can you see Matt Wallace getting to logically this year and secondly if there's a track up and coming for beef that where he can be super competitive, where do you think that might be in the next month or two? I, I
2: struggle with Wallace. I've struggled. I, I picked him up on his first win um, on the back of his um, his, his, Al- yep, his Alps yep, yep. tour form, but um, I struggle a little bit to classify him, and that probably means he's a very good player because um, I didn't have him down um, as uh, with, any, with any decent form on Bermuda grass greens. Um, when he won before in Portugal, he kicked off of a ten under opening round, and you know when you're looking at that and saying, "Well, is, is that the kind of blueprint for him to win a tournament?" Well, if that's the case, then an Indian Open where everyone's making doubles and trebles and struggling, that doesn't fit. Mm. So you know, I I kind of I'd looked at him because he'd shown a little bit of form, but um, I'd kind of pushed him off my off my radar, um, and uh, he you know he, he, he won on that won on that tr- tricky course. Um, Suggest to me is very versatile player. He was prolific on the Alps tour, and I know it's a big step up going to the European. But um, I don't know. We'll see where he goes. And as to Jordan, Jordan Smith, um, he had glandular favour at the back end of last year, and I think he struggled a little bit to get his head back or get his form back since then. So, um, I I do expect him to uh, to pull it back round, and I expect Jordan Smith to be a very strong player um, from the European side going forward as well. Um, Back to beef, I think somewhere like the uh, golf national would suit him. You know these trickier tracks. What, what, Wentworth, Wentworth, potentially. Wentworth's probably not as tricky as it needs to be for beef. It's interesting to listening to him in some of the um, some of the interviews where he was talking about how a more demanding test equalizes um, things in his mind and his game for against some of the other players who've got. Better, you know, longer games or better putting or whatever it is, and a, yeah. a more uh, rigorous test yeah. in his mind kind of equalizes yeah. the field, and then it's down to him and his ability to uh, to kind of overcome the opponents there and then at the in, at the time. And uh, you know, he, he came very close to proving that um, over the weekend, um, and he, sh- he shouldn't be down high from what he did. He's you know, it was a it was a very good effort. Um, you know, he's he's
0: he's not he's not he's not got the putting game to be competitive on the PGA two at the moment.
2: No.
0: So yeah, you, you know, on a, on a tough track like a you know like a I don't know, like a La Golf National, yeah. Or you can see the fact that you know if you're pounding greens in regulation, that uh, you know that really does level up the playing field. You can see where yeah. he's heading with that kind of mental yeah. approach. Yeah. you
2: know if if you're looking at a, a course or a, a an event where a winning score is going to be you know, 10 under, thereabouts, you know, or, or, or slightly less. I think he's got to come into your considerations. He's clearly focused. Um, he's focused this year on improving his game. You know, last year was a bit of a party year. This year's far more um, focused on, you know, moving his game forward, going forward. So... Um, I'll keep a close eye on him. There are, you know, Morocco is another one that might might well suit him because it's another you know, tricky uh, tricky test. Whether he, yeah, are they playing Sicily again this year as well? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Cause there have been some changes to the um, to the schedule over the last few weeks. Because yeah.
0: anything that's blustery and, like you said, sub 10, 10 under, that's that's his kind yeah. of game. Isn't
2: yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there will be some good chances for him at the back end of the year, um, and well, going forward, so. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised until all will see him win, um, particularly with uh, his game that is in a decent state at the moment. So, yeah, I'll keep the faith with him, I think, when it when it suits going forward.
0: Right, right, let's talk Bay Hill then. We've got one tournament this week, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, I think, you know, if you're a regular golf punter, you, you know, you've been involved in golf betting for a considerable length of time, Bay Hill and the Arnold Palmer Invitational is one of those PGA Tour events that is on a slightly higher level than a lot of them. Um, it has invitational status, although that doesn't tend to mean a lot technically these days on the PGA Tour, but an invitational status effectively meaning that uh, a player that wins one of these gets a three-year exemption rather than two, uh, and it's and it's level with, in that case Jack Nicklaus's tournament at uh, Muirfield Village, the Memorial. Um, so it's got that it's got that sort of uh, status to it, um, and no, any tournament that's linked to Arnold Palmer, especially now that he's passed away, I think that has a a lot of respect within uh, the the golfing profession. And you know, you've still got a field, and, and this is the thing: the tournament in its location at the moment, which is between two WGCs, and you know, the week before a WGC at. Um, the match play, even though you know it's in that position, you've still got Tiger Woods, Rory McElroy, Jason Day, Henrik Stenson, Hideki Matsuama, Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood. You know, it's a strong field. I haven't mentioned the likes of Bubba Watson. Um, you know, it's a great field um, and it's a tough golf course. Um, Let's just go into some of the details. 7,419 yards. We're looking at four par fours, uh, sorry, four, four par fives uh, around this par 72 format. Three of those par fives are ho- over 550 yards. Um, it's got a particularly tough set of par threes. The par fours are no gimme either. And you kind of Get the feeling with the course that when it's soft, as it was in 2015 and 2016, it's very gettable. I know that in 2015, when everyone it was 36th of 52 courses in terms of its difficulty. 2016 again, when he did the uh, he did oh this was Jason Day's year, wasn't it? It was 28th out of 50. But then last year, when it played firm, it played fast. It had four inches of rough. And the wind was blowing on the Sunday up to 25 miles an hour. All of a sudden, it ranked at 70, just under 73 strokes average, which was the ninth most difficult course on the PGA Tour last year. So, this year, what do we expect? Well, um, there's a little bit of rain saying that we were saying, I was saying this all about rain last week and wind in the forecast, and it was complete and utter rubbish. (laughs) It was as placid as you like, wasn't it? But anyway. they're, they're suggesting there's some potential rain tonight, Monday night. and We're recording this Monday tea time over in the UK. Monday night in the States, um, there might be some rain. But apart from that, it is clear. It is blue skies. It's dry. And the, uh, the pretty much the whole of Florida and this particular part you know, of Orlando has been very dry in the build-up. So, again, I think it's going to be very like, very much like PGA National. I think it's going to be very much like Copperhead. I think you're going to have firm fairways. You're going to have firm greens, but it's going to be tranquil this week. There is pretty much, uh, it's light winds on Friday, uh, Thursday, light winds on Sunday, and Friday and Saturday, it looks like they're virtually playing in some kind of indoor arena. There's no wind whatsoever. But, as we saw last year for 54 holes, if there's not particularly any wind, this but it's firm and fast, this will still prove to be a challenge. For me, I think it's going to be kind of a mid-score event. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the kind of score that we saw with Tiger and his pomp when like that 13-14 under wins this. Um, I don't think it's going to be a complete birdie shoot as we saw uh, a couple of years ago when it was soft at sort of 19 under. That isn't going to happen this week. And they,
2: they've, they've grown uh, rough up, haven't they, if I'm reading that yeah, right?
0: Yeah, roughs up it roughs up. The course had a re-renovation uh, in after the 2015 renewal, and they basically cut down loads of trees. They made um, they made the fairways really really wide. But if you miss fairways, and it is possible, you're faced with four inches of rough. You're also now faced with, um, of course, plenty of water in play. You know, it's your typical Florida golf course water in play on eight of the holes and as part of that renovation or redesign whatever you want to call it um, they took away a lot of the rough backstops as they used to call them so effectively a lot of the greens now have augusta like runoff areas which again has had added to that level of difficulty so you can hit a particularly good shot you don't get the level of you know receptiveness off the green that shot fires through and, you know, you've got a really ridiculous chip shop on the way back. So, chip shot even on the way back. So, that doesn't help scoring either. The fact that they've made it a little bit more Augusta-like in terms of the, the setup around the greens mm. in a lot of circumstances. So, they've toughened the course in reality if the conditions allow for the course to really play to its, you know, its optimum. And what I mean by that is firm and fast conditions, which I think we're going to have this year. So it should be a very good test of golf in my uh, in my estimation this week. I don't think we're going to see 17 19 under wind like day and every did in 15 and 16. I don't wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing like I said 13 14 under. What thoughts have you got around the course? Is there a course that you've got memories of Barry over the years?
1: <clears throat> well, I mean suppose mostly a blurring of Tiger doing uh various uh, winning shots on the 18th green <laughs> um, yeah. yeah it's yeah it's exciting Quite, it's eight times he's won here i think yeah, yeah. i mean it's got to be
0: Seven, 79 PGA tour of victories and over 10% of them have come on this golf course eight so he kind of likes it it's it's
1: going to yeah. he, he doesn't he doesn't mind yeah, it yeah it's going to be very interesting this week i mean Conceivably, Tiger Woods could be you know people's captain pick or you know their top pick for their fantasy leagues. He could be their one and only bet, and it's really hard. Like all the evidence is a, is there to to back that up and as a good decision. So I don't know. I'm just I, I'm just looking forward to him outside of the batting side of things, but just as a, a spectacle, just watching him being involved and hopefully in the mix again come Sunday. Because it's kind of a an extra level of excitement in golf that I like. I wanted it to happen, you know, with Tiger being back, but I didn't fully believe it could happen to this extent at this stage. So it's um, it's it's like a freebie. It's a real bonus. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the golf course. You know, firm and fast golf courses there. They're good to good to watch, you know. Interesting to see how the guys um, take on a golf course. They, you know, even though it's seven thousand four hundred yards, it would be a lot of times they won't be taking a driver off the tee. So it'll be interesting to yeah. watch them, uh, you know, figure out how to to get a good score around here if it's playing in tough conditions.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because you can see that in the statistics. It, for such a long golf course played at sea level, so it plays to its true, you know, its true length. This isn't a chapultepec or anything like that the average driving distance of all drives around here is always some of the shortest that we see on tour so i think you get a lot of positional holes where effectively bombers don't really get much of an advantage because it's a little bit like pga national in that respect a lot you know a lot of the holes you're playing to a position on the fairway
1: yeah wasn't it when jason day won around here he just two ironed it to pieces didn't he yeah, 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 that was yeah. that was an absolute just a beautiful display of ball striking with uh, that with, with his driving iron. It was amazing to watch that tournament and what he did. So, yeah, be, be int- it's interesting to see courses that force the pros into a bit of strategy and it's not just a bomb and gouge because uh if you try that this week I think you're going to be in a lot of trouble with 4-inch Bermuda rough and firm greens.
0: Mhm. I'll take you through the top 10 of this week's predictor model. Uh, we've got time this week because clearly we're covering just the one tournament. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. We have a, a predictor model that is free of use for everybody. Lots of variables in there. Skill sets, history, uh, putting on Bermuda grass. Uh, if, you're there, if they're classical golf course, positive players. There's a multitude of different stats in there. So it's a really good tool statistically for being able to take the big field and slim it down. There's also the key stats in there. Jack driving, accuracy, greens in regulation, par 3, 4, 5, performance, putting, whatever, scrambling. Top 10 that I've produced, Paul and I always produce our own model that we publish each and every week. Uh, 10 is Brian Harmon. Uh, uh, 9 is Kevin Kisner. 8 is Jason Kukrak. Uh, 7 is Patton Kaziah. Uh, Six is Bubba Watson, five is Ricky Fowler, four is Tiger Woods, three is Zach Johnson, two is Jason Day and number one is Justin Rose and he's leading by just over 200 points in total. So a total of just under 1,800. Next in line is Jason Day at 1,570. So there's quite a substantial gap there between first and second with Zach Johnson and Tiger Woods in third uh, third and fourth places there. Um, how do we want to do this? I've got four players this week that I think are going to go well, and I've got some kind of commentary around what I think we need to be looking for in terms of previous winners. So do you want me to go through a little bit of that commentary, and then we'll start going through our selections for the yeah, week? Is that go for it. I'll tell you what I think, and, you know... It's a tournament that happens each and every year. Um plays the same golf course, so we haven't got any of this trouble. You, know, you get with the majors of different courses or courses moving and what they like. The pattern I see is quite, is quite um, stable. I look for players who um, have got the following. Um, I Because the par fours seem to be particularly hard here... Um, I look for players that have got excellent par-4 scoring average for the season to date. Par-5s need to be scored upon, so I look for birdie or better on par-5s. Um, I'm also looking for excellent wedge players. And the key the key number I see, and this seems to happen, well it does happen, year in, year out, players that are excellent in terms of proximity from 150 to 175 yards... I'm also looking for players that have got a rather hot putter at the moment. So, just taking people from their last uh, recent performances and who've been putting well, particularly on Bermuda grass, uh, we have Sam Burns who's putting the lights out. Emiliano Grio had a great putting performance at PGA National before he disappeared to India and putted again very well. Jamie Lovemark putted well at PGA National. Luke List putted well at PGA National. And we know that Alex Niren putted particularly well. Look at last week and the guys that putted particularly well on, on Tiff Eagle, Bermuda grass. Don't forget it was Tiff Eagle both at PGA National and also last week at the Valspar Championship. Uh, putters that did well last week, and I think you'll be particularly shocked if I said to you, that Justin Rose was third for strokes going putting last week uh, at the Valspar Championship and that's something you do not expect to read out very often about Justin Rose. The other guy that really jumps off the page from last week in terms of um, his putting was once again Sam Burns who was 2.6 strokes across the tournament in terms of strokes gained over the average in the field, yeah. that's a that's a phenomenal. It, play, he's he's a
2: really good prospect, Burns. I think. Um, I, I think he will hundred hundred to one this yeah, week. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, he's. he's all, I haven't. I haven't backed him yet, but he's certainly on my short list. Um, I had him on a top twenty bet last week, which, um, which yeah, he did. He should have been far better than top twenty in the end, but um, yeah, he's still learning his trade. But uh, yeah, he's got a win in him. I think this season at some point.
1: Guys, just. Now, a lot, oh, sorry. On, you can carry on, Barry. Yeah, but. just a question. When it comes to somebody do you see trends when it comes to guys who are on a particularly hot streak on one aspect of their game? Do, do those tend to come abruptly to a stop, or do they kind of tail off? Or, you know, I mean, how good are guys at maintaining, um, like, vastly above average, um, say, putting or or iron play? Um, do you notice any trends throughout the years?
0: I think it varies by player, you know if you've got like a Troy Merritt who can be missing cuts for seven events and then all of a sudden you know he he's challenging he actually did well around here a couple of years ago Troy Merritt um, it's virtually impossible to to grab a stat around someone like him or James Hahn type well, you always know you're in trouble with James Hahn when you're actually tipping him up because his his stats look half reasonable because he usually misses the <laughs> cut. Soon as soon as he goes seven straight missed cuts, he tends to win at something like Quail Hollow, a big tournament. I say that. Steve. I think he's, he's another one. I, another one who's on my shortlist this
2: week, James Hunt.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think he varies. I te- these are the these are the these are the stats or the trends that I've noticed over the last uh, four renewals here. Now, Matt, every winning here in 2015 at 300 to one, I think he was, yep. wasn't he? Um, statistically, you'd have never have seen it coming. But clearly, if you worked out that he's a Bermuda grass positive putter, clearly got on well with the golf course, and fancied a three hundred to one dabble. And I know that lots and lots of people on our on our Facebook group were on him that week. He was so obvious, it was frightening. But take that kind of um, you know with statistics or trend, you always get a, a spot that isn't that doesn't follow. But listen to this. When he won in 2014, he was second for strokes game putting on his previous performance, which uh, uh, previous um, appearance, which had been at the Valspar the week before. Um, Jason Day, when he won here in 2016, he was sixth for strokes game putting at Doral at the WGC, which again was played on Tiff Eagle. Um, so I think he finished something like 20th or something like that, but he was clearly putting the lights out. And even Mark Leachman last year, who statistically was uh, had some great stats, but actually his results were 22nd and 20th and all of this. And I think the the week before he was something like 99th for green in regulation. You wouldn't have picked him. But he had um, been strokes going putting... Um, he was he was ninth or 10th on his previous appearance again at pga national on tiff Eagle so you know by my reckoning you've got every day Leishman all in the top 10 for strokes game putting on their previous performance on Tiff Eagle greens so that's quite a definitive um, trend there and if you go back to the years of tiger and his pump, there's similar, there's similar statistics there as well where you know he's finished second at the Honda Classic and all of a sudden, wham, bam, gets to a course that he absolutely thrives on and loves and knows every nook and cranny and he, and he dominates the field. So I've been quite particular in the way that I've gone through this this week. I've literally looked for guys that have been very, very hot with the putter on their last performance. Now, that may not be on Bermuda grass and that isn't the case for two of my tips but even with someone like Kevin Kisner if you remember last year was winning by two or three on Sunday at the turn um, he would putted the lights out on his previous performance when he played at Chapultepec mm. so there's something in this about someone with a very very hot putter immediately on the appearance before they arrive here at Bay Hill and I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that if you look at the statistics for this golf course, when you go down to brass tacks, year in, year out, and it doesn't overly matter if it's soft or firm, getting close to the hole here is particularly difficult. And I've got I've gone through the detail of that in my preview. Getting close to hole, the hole is so difficult that I think you need to be very, very strong, you know, with the putter as you're arriving at the golf course, to be able to convert the amount of distance chances that you're going to have to actually win the tournament. Yep. That makes sense. It does, to a certain extent, doesn't it? I'm trying to find on the preview here where I've got my proximity number. Uh, Bay Hill also ranked in the top three toughest courses last year, 2017, for proximity to hole, And that trend of being you know within the top seven or eight for proximity to hole is year in, year out. So I do think that you've got to be putting very, very well right here, right now to actually win this tournament. I don't think it's a pure ball striker's test, if you see what I mean. I think you've got to be able to make
2: that. I know it's scoreable, isn't it? You can see that from some of the winning scores that we've uh, we've seen over the over the last few years, particularly since they've widened it up a bit. it be interesting to see how it plays with um, the, the rough... Um, supposedly thicker than it has been this this uh, this year, but uh, I expect they'll still be able to make birdies, particularly from the uh, from the fairway.
0: So for me, that pulls in the likes of Emiliano Grio, who, as we've said already on the on the show, he's putting so well at the moment. Um, he's a definite opportunity. Uh, the likes of Sam Burns who has been fourth in strokes game putting at PGA National was as we said was top for strokes game putting last week. Now, yeah, as as you said Barry, you know, is that going to fall off a cliff or is that going to continue? You know, logically we don't know, but you know, it's a fair guess that he's played well at two very tough Florida golf courses, you know, is he going to do it for 3 weeks on the trot? He could be a Jordan Speed type, you know, that literally hits the tour and manages to earn so much money from top ten performances because don't forget, I think this is an invitational. He's on a sponsors' invite, but the next time they play Houston, he's also going to be playing that because he had a top ten from last week. Yeah, finished. he finished
2: twelfth so, yeah, you know, in the end. So, I, oh, he did. You'll yeah. so get a sponsor. I expect invite. he will. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he earns enough uh, enough dough in the next uh, next few weeks to get himself a, a proper card, but. Uh, yeah, we'll exactly,
0: see. and then be in the FedEx yeah, Cup for the rest exactly. of the year. So he he's the he's that he's that kind of talent, mm, yeah. isn't he? So. Where where are you at, Barry? What what do you think in terms of selections this week?
1: Well, I actually also Grillo kind of stuck out to me. Um, yeah, kind of primarily because of a motivation point of view, um, based on what happened last week being so far clear after you know what was it, after two rounds. He was absolutely so sailing away with the tournament, and then um, you know had a tragic third round and just you know ends up finishing sixth. But you know he's had an eighth and a sixth in his last three weeks. Um, he's got two very good results here the last two years since the courses you know the changes were made to the course. He's a seventeenth and seventh last year. So you know carrying good form in, going to a place where he's very comfortable. And it should also be noted that that seventh last year included a third round seventy-eight, and he was only four shots off the lead. Now the third round last year was tricky enough for some people, um, and others handled yeah. it quite well. Um, so you know, maybe he need, if he can get his head sorted out in his third rounds this week, uh, it could be could be a decent shout. Uh, uh,
0: he he's out of all the majors as well, so he he's got to perform right uh, now, and you can you can you can see he is yeah. He, He's definitely outside the match play for next, the next week. That's, that that draw has been made. He's he's outside of that, and he's outside of the Augusta. You know the top fifty for Augusta. Um, so you know it's it's here and now for him. He, you know if if he wants to start playing in the majors this year and the big tournaments, he's got to perform. He's I think he was seventeenth and seventh here on two appearances, isn't he? And mm. We know he lives in Florida, so this is his kind of golf course that he would be practice on week in week out. Yeah. does not the
2: fact that he doesn't convert these opportunities or like last week against a relatively weak field um you know i forget it was either five or six shots clear and um, he was i think he was around about two to one on to win the tournament at that stage you know you've got thirty thirty six 36 yeah. hours to go and it just you know it just went backwards further and further and further it's not the first time he's done it um i forget which tournament it was um, going back a few years ago, but he was leading by a few shots and shot something like a nine on the first hole of the Sunday. Um, you know, there's it, something that clearly plays with him mentally, um, and uh, I think it's going to prevent him until he gets over that from winning tournaments and winning the kind of tournaments that he should do because of the talent the boy's got. Um, didn't he, he missed a three foot three foot putt to win on the on the PGA Tour? I recall from a couple of seasons ago. Um, yeah, was a Puerto Rico. That's then. right. Yeah, you know they, they, yeah. these things. Once you know they, they can affect players really quite, uh, really quite deeply, and uh, you know you got to try and get over that. And you know, I, I personally, I don't think I could, uh, I, I could. actually, he's not a bet for me any day of the week. I don't think um, because I, I'm, I can't see him getting over the line until, um, until there's a few things that he's, he's cracked mentally. I don't think each for their own. I think seven places each way with ball
0: sports sixty six. If you're looking at him as a straight each way punt, someone that you might be able to likely trade or some, do something with him, I think he's a decent shout this week, Gria. I I haven't put him in my tips for the reason that you said because he just doesn't convert. But then I wouldn't have picked Paul Casey last week, and you know every dog has a. <laughs> no, his no, dog no, no. no
2: yeah. Casey, Casey proves the uh, proves the rule, doesn't he? To say
0: uh, the player that I do see at Griot's level in the betting, who I've already seen, is a sea of blue. Um, is Kursh afibanrat and he's finished sixth here on two of his on these two previous appearances here. and the numbers that I see about afibanrat that really kind of excite me are he was when he finished sixth here in 2015, he was 3.18 strokes game putting for the week, which was the best in the field. And then when he came back here in 2016, lo and behold, he was almost two strokes going putting across the field when he finished sixth here again. Uh, I will warn, um, those two um, renewals were particularly um, soft from a course perspective. Um, but he clearly gets on well with the, with the format. Now, you can back me up on this, boys. My understanding on the why he's playing, he, isn't, he hasn't got a full PGA Tour card. He's clearly in the world's top 50. He won last week in Brunei or yeah, somewhere, Brunei, every, yeah. didn't he? Um, and he's playing next week at the world match play. So in my mind, he's kind of doing what, say, Till Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood did last year, which is trying to earn enough money this year to earn a full card for next year. Am I in the right headspace? Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it?
2: I think while he's playing, he's won three times in his last, what, 10 starts, something like that, worldwide. He's playing some cracking golf. Um, why not? Why not try and you know accumulate as much, um, you know, as many points or as much money or whatever it is that the initial need is, um, while he's playing well. And so, uh, know, yeah, fair play to him for coming out, coming out and uh, coming out and having a go. I think he's got a great chance this week. He's one of the two players that I've backed early today. And um, yeah, as you said, he's got a couple of top six finishes here. You talked about par five scoring as well, and um, if you look at his par five performance over the, you know, this hot spell of form that he's had over the last couple of months or three months or so, um, he's been hitting and scoring very deeply in the par fives. Um, yeah, you know, when he's playing well, fantastic putter. Um, he going going back to the back end of last year. Um, we're talking about uh, Bermuda greens um, in the on the Earth course in the uh, the the Tour Championship in Dubai. Um, he was second for putting there, 1.63 putts per, per GIR. So you know, th- he, we know he can putt really, really well. And when he's playing well, he, he hits lots of greens too. It's, there's an awful lot to like about him.
0: He finished really strongly in uh, the WGC a few weeks yeah, ago. He did didn't fifth, he? Yeah, he did
2: fifth. Yeah, finished uh, fifth in Mexico. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, you know the price on offer, um, the, the scope for a, for an each way finish there.
0: In that particular fourth round, he was 2.4, um, 2.4 strokes gained on this putting again, yeah. which was eighth in the field. Yeah. So it was it was kind of le- level with Tyrrell Hatton's putting yeah. on that in that final round.
2: When he came back, because um, he, he was playing well at the back end of last year, and when he, when he started the new year again after the Eurasia Cup, his putting wasn't quite right. When, uh, we saw him a few times on the European Tour, but he's started to step that up again now. And uh, Whilst we can't see what he did last week in Brunei, um, stats-wise, he, he, no, he was... Um, he was clearly making some putts. What, what did he win at, it, do you know? What was what the, was the winning, the winning score? score? Was two sixty one. So that was either twenty three or twenty seven under par. Um, unless it, <laughs> unless it was, it may have been a par seventy, in which case it was nineteen. But whichever way you look at it, two sixty one is a, a pretty low score. So, so yeah, you he know, didn't have much to beat there. But you've still got to be able to put the ball in the hole to uh, to, to make that kind of score. So,
0: I tell you, I'll tell you what else jumps out at me here, and this is purely observational. You think of players that have won here at Bay Hill. Ernie Ells. Tiger Woods. Just the eight times. Mark Leishman. He won here last year. Jason Day the year before. Now if you think Open Championship and you think St Andrews, that's not a bad list of players there. Because Leishman made the playoff, didn't he, in 2015 at the Open. Jason Day missed it by a shot. Um... Tiger Woods clearly has won the open championship at St Andrews and Ernie Ells, you know he's a, he's a, he's a open championship um, god who's played well at St Andrews over the years and last year think it through Till Hatton was in the top 5 here we know how well Till Hatton goes at St Andrews when he plays there in the dunhill mm-hmm. links so, I don't think that's a bad barometer yeah. either. It's players that have got a half-decent record around St Andrews. Yeah, there be a bit of a correlation there, couldn't they? So, w- what that is, and don't forget as well, even crazily, more. You know, how crazy these things get, Thiorbjorn Olsen has got like a top five or six at this tournament. Yeah. And he's won. Yeah, he's won the Dunhill links, yeah. The Dunhill links. So, that's just one of those quirks. Now, if I'm right here, Afid Barnrat. Was second or third in a Dunhill Lynx a couple of years ago as well, yeah? Uh,
2: yeah, quite likely. Mm,
0: third or fourth, something like that. So, yeah, yeah, throw that one in the mix. Interesting. Okay, um, I'll tell you what I'm going for. Um, you won't be surprised. I cannot avoid Tiger Woods. So I've gone four points to the win on Tiger Woods. I've managed to snitch a bit of 7-1. Every time a bookmaker put him up today at 7-1, to
2: one, it instantly went in by half a did point. Did you see that stat about uh, Lefty when he won um, his first title for 1,687 days?
1: Yeah, did you see that on Twitter? Yes, about very good. Yeah. Br- brilliant then, research.
2: Yeah, and then this Sunday at Bay Hill will be exactly 1687 days since Tiger Woods won his last event so I shouldn't talk I shouldn't talk stats all the time because
0: I sound like an American okay um I, I, I by the way I have we've, I've got a bomb for later on as well just just to throw that in a, a bomb so we'll talk about that in a minute but when he won him in twenty twelve Tiger, he he he, he was um, one point three eight strokes gained on the on, on his putting that week, which was kind of third or fourth in the field. The year he won him in twenty thirteen, he was two he gained three strokes per round putting on the field. And you won't be surprised he, he won. He beat Justin Rose by two shots. In my mind, it's almost as if he's kind of, its I don't know, it's just like you said, boys, it's just going to happen. I don't know, just you just feel that it's going to happen. And you can look at the stats and say, well, actually, he's not perfect for this. But think about where he's played as well. He's played at um, Torrey Pines, which was in horrible fast conditions. He played at Riviera, a golf course that he can't stand, and he only managed to get round there for two rounds, didn't he, before uh, before he missed the cut. He's then played PGA National, which is a dog-tough course, and last week he played Valspar again, which is a hard golf course. And do you know where he ranks? PGA Tour scoring average so far this season.
2: Yeah. Top good
0: 15. Dancer. No, no, better than that. No. Fifth. And that's what you said, Barry, towards the top of the show. He's playing such good golf. He's managing his game so well. You know, if he misses a fairway, he recovers. If he if he if he gets the ball to you know within a decent length of the hole, he's making putts. He's converting putts. He's making those you know those those key sort of seven, eight, nine foot putts to you know to make par, keep that momentum going. He's just doing everything so well at the moment. He just seems to me that he's going to win, and I'm not a win-only backer. But the only, you know, when I've when I've used win-only bets to my advantage in the past, they've always been on Tiger. So I'm in on Tiger this week. Just a
1: question: question. Do you remember the last time you had Tiger Woods tipped up as a win-only bet? Yeah, I do. It was here. How long ago?
0: 2013. No,
1: like five years. This is a place that
2: is going to win. Then this is the most logical, isn't it?
0: Well, it could here, here, here you go, Barry. This is this is interesting, right? The year he won here in twenty—sorry, it was twenty twelve. I tipped him up. He was coming off. He hadn't won for over three years, and there, there'd been all the Ferrari and whatever, and he had injuries and, and stuff. But he won his—he won his World Challenge event uh, in twenty eleven, in the autumn. He then, 2012, he um, started the European Tour at Abu Dhabi and got stared down by Robert Rock. He was then 15th at Pebble, second at PGA National, and he withdrew from the World Golf Championship at Doral because he had trouble with his Achilles. And he was 8-1 to one that year, hadn't won for over three years, and I tipped him up, win only, and he won. And he beat Graham McDowell by five shots that time. Guess what price he was? He was 8-1 to one to win that. In 2012, yeah. so seven to one, coming off a second place at the Valspar Championship, and you know he looks like he's injury. You
1: know, he looks injury free, yeah. doesn't he? You it's don't great. swing at 129 miles an hour <laughs> if you're not injury free. Um, yeah, look, the guy's in great form. I think.
0: Uh, so, you, so you could argue that the seven to one this week is actually a decent price if he was eight to one in 2012, coming off a WD at Doral. Yeah. And with injury problems, yeah?
2: Yeah, I think it's factored in the length of time that it's been since he's got himself over the line. And uh, yeah, it's, it remains to be seen. And, you know, if, if one of the players that I back doesn't win this week, then um, I hope Tiger wins.
0: I think it was almost inevitable that he wouldn't win last week because he hasn't been in that Sunday heat for such a length of time. But I tell you what, he'll be so much better equipped this week now that he's been under that pressure oh, yeah. and, and 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 enjoyed it. Yeah. Of course he'd enjoy it. He's bound to enjoy it. He's won seventy nine PGA tour titles.
1: This but another win now will feel almost fresh to him. And if he wins now after on um, this comeback, having not won in what nearly five years, he'll he'll mark it down as one of the greatest wins of his career. Yeah, okay. so there's there's a little bit of pressure, a little bit of extra pressure on him because he'll know the importance of getting a win for him. So, look, it's he, he handled things pretty well last week. He could have been a little bit better on Sunday, maybe a couple of puts, you know, weren't quite running at the hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anybody's going to tweak things just a little bit to make it all work the next week, it's going to be Tiger. Yeah,
0: he was, he was definitely tight with the putter yesterday, wasn't he?
1: But that's what we're saying. He was bound
0: to be. Because, you know, he's human. And he was under pressure that he hasn't felt for a long period of time. Um, Jason Day is 12-1 to this week. Um, you could really raise a great case for him. You can also see Tiger and Jason Day being partnered in the first two rounds. I think that's kind of going to happen. Um, the only thing that puts me off Jason Day this week, particularly, is the fact that he hasn't played for so long. And as we said earlier, players that have won this in the past have always had a Florida appearance before they come here and win. So for me, Jason Dar, I think the last time you played was Pebble Beach. That's a long length of time, really. The other player at the top of the market I haven't been able to avoid, and I do apologise for tipping up two of the top three in the betting. Um, I don't do it very often, um, and my name isn't Jeremy Chapman. But... I couldn't avoid it this week. I've had to go for Justin Rose because I think if there's going to be, a, you know, the closest challenger to Tiger this week for me is likely to be Justin because he's just putting so well at the moment. And what you see with Ty, uh, with Justin in the past is, and again, this is in the commentary that you can see, you know, the click through to beneath the uh, in, in the Podbean description this week in, in my preview. He tends to, if he has a bad Sunday on a tournament, some of his best ever wins have come when he's actually had a bad Sunday, the, the tournament before, like at the US Open. He won the US Open in 2013 where he'd been in the top three or, top two or three at Memorial in the, on the previous appearance, and he goes and wins the US Open. I think with Rose putting so well, as I said, he was third for strokes going putting last week at Valspar on Tiff Eagle Greens. If he keeps that up again this week, I cannot, cannot see him not being a feature yeah. Not finishing in the top five, he, it just can't. It just won't happen. <laughs> when he's putting that well, you have got to stick with it. Mate. He does
2: tend to um, kind of telegraph his victories, doesn't he? With a, yeah, you know, as you saying, yeah, decent attempt, but yeah, may, may, maybe not the uh, not the best of finishes the week before, and then. Uh, yeah. You
0: look at his Open Championship record, Paul. I know that he came to the fore when he was an amateur. Yeah, at uh, where was it? Not meville What was the one they played last year? Lytham, where? If you look at his open record, the best ever finish, apart from that that he's ever had was at St Andrews, where he was sick a few years ago in twenty fifteen. He's also had a top three in the Dunhill Links, so that's good enough for me, that's St an Andrews yep. for. So Justin
1: Rose is in for me as well.
0: Yep. What other guy what other guys have you got at bigger prices?
1: I'm going to stick, uh, despite him disappointing me last week, uh, and you as well, Steve. We both had him uh, picked mate, up. Mate, I almost
0: threw my laptop out the window on Thursday uh, afternoon. I just yeah, disp- cheesed off with him, mate. Yeah,
1: so um, Ryan Moore coming off a miscut, hot, hot streak. Um, he his, his last two appearances here haven't been great. He was 34th last year, he just scraped into the cut the year before. He does have history here with a couple of decent showings a few years back a 4th and the 12th so um I'm kind of half the reason I'm sticking with him is because I've jumped off golfers I've backed and then they've burnt me the next week by going well you know so yeah. it's kind of a part uh, sticking with it and uh, see what happens and you know the fun part is this week he's uh, available at even higher odds so I've taken him on Skybet at 80 to 1 and nice prize. They, Yeah, and they're paying eight places this week, 150 odds. So that's uh, not quite market best on price, but I thought I'd take the eight places.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of 100 to 1 out there as well with Betfred six places, so a 50 odds, yeah. Moore's the kind, isn't he? He's a classical golf course player. Yeah, and if if he clicks, he clicks. Uh, The thing I couldn't understand about him, he topped the greens in regulation at PGA National, yeah? And then last week, he was like, he couldn't hit a green for love nor money. Such... Such disparity.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, calling golf tournaments is just such an easy science, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so anyway, let's see if let's see if the fate uh, is rewarded by sticking with him. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Well, he's in he's in he's in desperate need again. He's another, isn't he? Yeah.
0: He needs to put, he needs to perform, which often works around here. Who are you with, Bob?
2: Um, I'm the only other player that I've backed so far, other than uh, other than Barn Rat is Matt Every. Now, you know, it's a complete punt because the bloke's playing um, on the face of it. some pretty poor golf. But um, I back Matt virtually every week for first-round leader. And if there's, a, if there's an event where he could go out and be first-round leader, and I will back him first-round leader this week as well, if there's an event where he could go out and produce a first-round um, score and um, he could potentially hang about and get himself, himself over the line, this is the one. He's won it twice in the past. Actually, if you dig through, his form looks pretty poor, but if you go back to 2016 when he defended, his form was equally poor that year. Oh, it was abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, he was 300 to 1 that year. He's 250 at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, but if you dig through, actually, he's got a couple of rounds of 69 over the last couple of starts on and, and tough tracks. You um, talked about the Sony Open correlation. He opened with a 65 there early in the season. 66 67 at the uh, the career builder and you know interspersed with a couple of poor rounds i think there's, there's something there um he just hasn't been able to put well he hasn't been able to put three rounds together let alone four rounds together so far this season but you know sometimes these players come back to a course um where they've got decent memories and you know things have obviously worked they feel comfortable in that particular surroundings and uh I think stranger things have happened than, than Matt every going to contending in this tournament once again. Um, do you do
0: you think do you think Tigers a good first round leader bet this this week? Just looking at your first round leader stats, two first round leaders and four each way places. Uh, out of it, out of the last eleven tournaments, he's played and it.
2: Is he likely to be up there? Yeah, I think so. Is he a good price? No, not in the slightest. And you know, what what are you going to get on him? Ten yeah, to one, first I, round. I, I leader? saw ten to one earlier. I mean, the, the market isn't fully formed, so the, you probably get somewhere approaching 14-16 at some point. Um, but, but even so, for me, the, the first round leader market isn't a market to go after the, the uh, favourites in any way.
0: I, t- I tell you who it is a good market for and this is for you Barry for Grio because he's played here twice and he was first round leader here one of those years very nice There's a- and if you want a, if you want a guy that as Paul said potentially has issues when it comes to, you know to the pressure points of a tournament but who we know right now is putting the lights out and likes this golf course, a first round leader punt on Grio makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I see a few, available available sixties in places, which is interesting. Yeah, mm. very good shape. That's that's a nice one to have. I do. I like first round leader bets, and I do like the every bet as well. Like somebody who's going through bad form, Paul. But like you say, go back to a place they feel comfortable. All of a sudden, you know, the body starts feeling a bit better. The muscles start, you know, performing a little bit better, and the head gets in a better space, and they kind of forget the crap that's gone before. Yeah. it's amazing how that can happen to particularly in golf you know guys coming off a rake of missed cuts they go back to somewhere they've had success before and everything changes
2: yeah 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 this is the one sport where that is you know it's as likely to happen as, as anything and mm. we see it time again time and again and uh, I, I don't I'm, i don't think he's playing quite as badly as his uh, results would suggest but um but yeah, two hundred and fifty to one. I think he's worth uh, worth a couple of quid.
0: The other two I've gone for. I couldn't resist Brian Harmon at forty to one. Um, he was Strokes going putting. Um, he was in the top ten at Sea Island before Christmas. Uh, he was eleventh for Strokes game putting at Kapalua. He was also in the top f- uh, six or seven for Strokes going putting. At the Sony Open at YLI. And at the Mexico Championship, which was his last appearance, he was something crazy like second for strokes game putting just behind... Can you believe this? Rafa Cabrera Bello topped strokes game Mm. putting in Mexico. But anyway, yes, he was second for strokes game putting in Mexico. And I do like the look of his stats... When you look at his course correlation, um, he plays a lot of golf courses that, that Matt Every plays has played well at. He plays well on long, long golf courses. Don't forget, he was second in the US Open last year at Erin Hills, which was up to 7,700 yards. So if if Harmony's going to win a tournament and you get the feeling he must win one soon, you wouldn't want to be on him this week. Because you would kind of cut your hands off if you saw that he was second for strokes going putting last time out, on the basis of what we were discussing earlier mm. on. And my final one, I'm going for a bit of a bomb. I'm going um, 100 to one is available. I'm going 90 to one on Patton Kizaya, who again I think is um, I think he's
2: overpriced this week. Yeah, he's won twice in the last four months, six
0: months or so. One, one twice in the last four months. And um, came he, he charged like a train at the end of the WGC in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. I think he finished 12th in the end. Mm. So he's starting to get comfortable now, you can tell, in sort of the higher echelons. Yeah. He reminds me a little bit of Johnson Wagner, who I tipped up for this in 2012. Because he won the Sony Open and went fairly quiet. And then did well at Doral the week before this, or the couple of weeks before. And all of a sudden he came 4th at, uh, at this tournament here at Bay Hill. Yeah. Because they're very, very positive Bermuda grass putters. And, again, if you look at Keziah, he was putting the lights out on Bermuda this season. So I just think, you know, a guy that's hitting greens, a guy that bangs it 330, uh, 310 off the tee, I think he'll go well this week, as long as he doesn't get paired with Tiger Woods. We shall see. Right then, that's us, I think, yeah?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Best of luck, guys. Best of luck to all of you. Enjoy uh, the Cheltenham Festival this week to all listeners. As we said at the top of the show, we've put a link uh, beneath the description here on Podbean to our Cheltenham Festival Best Bookmaker Promotions. Or, as Paul said, just come to golfbettingsystem.co.uk from our homepage. All week, we're going to be listing all of the the best deals that the bookmakers have to offer on a particularly um, brilliant week For punters, when it comes to new customer promotions and just making money effectively. Thanks for your time, Barry, and thanks for your time, Paul. We will see you again next week for, I believe, the World Match Play, which is uh, always one of Paul's favourite tournaments of the week to tip up, or (laughs) tournaments of the year to tip up. Thanks, guys. See you again soon.